This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in your podcast app. We'd like to now transition to our next speaker, uh, Dr. Jean Calvo, who is Assistant Professor of Oral Facial Services at UCSF, and she provides dental care to children and adolescents with special interests in addressing access to dental care and improving dental visits for children with autism spectrum disorder. Dr. Calvo will discuss Dental Pearls for Patients with Developmental Disabilities. Welcome, Doctor. My name is Jean. I'm a pediatric dentist here at UCSF. I work a lot with children with autism spectrum disorder and other neurodevelopmental disorders and a lot with kids with special health care needs. I have no financial conflicts of interest to disclose today. Um, After this session, I I hope that our attendees will uh, learn some interventions about increasing oral hygiene and enhancing oral hygiene for patients with special health care needs and developmental disabilities. We're going to talk about prescription fluoride toothpaste, which I think is an an underused intervention that we have. And I'm also going to talk about silver diamine fluoride. When I thought about speaking at this conference, I was very excited about it, but I also was a little bit nervous about it because I understand that there is a lot of challenges right now in California and nationwide with access to dental care, especially for adolescents and adults who need advanced care, such as sedation and anesthesia, especially in California right now, we don't have the workforce and the infrastructure to sufficiently get all of these individuals treated quickly and as efficiently as everybody would like. Um, The state, I think, is aware of this, and I would encourage you to advocate for anybody in leadership that this is a resource that individuals with developmental disabilities need, especially as they age, talking about transition. But the lack of access to care is really frustrating Um, to myself as providers, and I'm sure to other healthcare providers trying to find Dental care for individuals who are older with developmental disabilities can be frustrating to patients and parents and all sorts of people. So when I thought about what I would present about today, I was saying, oh, I don't have an answer to getting dental care for everybody right now. I'll probably spend the rest of my life working on that. So what I wanted to focus on today is how we can prevent dental disease in patients with developmental disabilities. Um, so that they don't need this advanced care, so that we don't need to be in general anesthesia because we have a ton of cavities. Um, This is not easy to do, um, and I'm going to do my best to give you some tips and tricks and pearls and some clinical advances that I think can help to improve oral hygiene and prevent dental disease. So first, I wanted to talk about teaching people with disabilities, developmental disabilities, to brush their own teeth. It is a skill just like any other skill and maybe a skill that's easy to learn for someone who is neurotypical, but for individuals with developmental disabilities, it can be uh, hard to conceptualize mentally. What, why are we toothbrushing? What is the point of it? How is it supposed to be done? And also we can struggle with manual dexterity. Just the ability to physically brush our teeth well can be a challenge for individuals with different disabilities. So I'm gonna talk about these three little things right here. Um, that I think are good supports for helping with toothbrushing. 
I get this question a lot from parents and patients. Should I use an electric toothbrush? Um, electric toothbrushes, fabulous. I am 100% supporter of using an electric toothbrush, especially for individuals with developmental disabilities who are trying to brush their own teeth. It is superior to a regular toothbrush in uh, plaque removal, cleaning our teeth. It helps to alleviate some of the manual dexterity, the small movements that you need to do with your hand to brush your teeth. If you use an electric toothbrush, you don't need to do as much of the small movements. You only need to move the brush along your teeth, making it a little bit easier for individuals to do and more effective. Some of these have built-in timers, and I'm going to talk about timers on the next slide, but adequately amount of time that we need to brush our teeth. Um, if your electric toothbrush has a timer built into it, uh, you can know if you're learning a new skill. I brush my teeth with my toothbrush. I turn it on, and I keep using it until it turns itself off. So some of these self-timer functions can help in supporting individuals transitioning to brushing their own teeth as opposed to having someone else brush it for them. Barriers to electric toothbrushes, they can be expensive. Some of them are super fancy, like this one shown down here with this app that tracks the area that you're brushing. And um, that can be helpful for someone if buying the cost of that toothbrush is not a barrier. But even these little Walgreens five, six, seven dollar spin brushes are effective and wonderful um, and work excellently. I, I, I give these out in our autism dental clinic for children um, to help them get used to using an electric toothbrush and they've been really successful. Not everybody likes an electric toothbrush, might take some practice and desensitization for someone starting to use this for the first time. We also don't want to scrub with our electric toothbrush. So electric toothbrush is gently moved around the surface of the teeth. We don't do that scrubbing motion can cause some gum recession. So just trying to change the way that you move the toothbrush on your tooth with an electric toothbrush can be a little bit of a challenge or a barrier. Timer. I love timers. Um, getting someone to brush their teeth for the correct amount of time can be hard to conceptualize. I take my toothbrush, I put my toothpaste on it and I brush my teeth, but someone who has a developmental disability might just do it quickly and feel, okay, I have done the task. Whereas we need to do it adequately. And so two minutes is a long time and a good amount of time and the recommended amount of time to brush your teeth. And usually in that two minutes, you'll get all the surfaces brushed. So I'm a big advocate of using a timer with uh, tooth brushing for children, adolescents, anybody who needs support in remembering how long to brush their teeth. These timers can take all sorts of different aspects. It can be a little sand timer like this that are super cheap on Amazon, or maybe your dentist gives you one. You can use a cell phone timer. I also know that many parents and caregivers that have a toothbrushing song or video. And so you find a song that's about two minutes and you play that song. And every day you listen to that song and you brush your teeth during that time. Um, just a reminder that I brush my teeth until the song ends is another way that that can be done. Barriers, it's a change in routine. You know, you're going to have to brush longer um, and you have to actually follow the timer. If you set the timer, you have to actually do the two minutes. Flossing. Flossing is super hard to do. I think, you know, you take this piece of string, you pull it out of this box, you have to wrap it around your finger. 
the manual dexterity involved in using a piece of string floss is challenging for anybody. Somebody with a developmental disability or any challenges with manual dexterity is going to really struggle using a piece of string floss. They're going to struggle and they're going to say, I'm not going to do this. I advocate using these little flossers. I use these myself. I use these on all of my patients. They come non-flavored, they come mint, they come different flavors for kids. They make the physical act of flossing much easier. So if you're trying to work with a patient or someone that you're an advocate or a caregiver for, and you're trying to brush their teeth, or you're trying to teach them to floss their teeth, or you're trying to floss their teeth, use these little flossers. If you're worried about the environmental impact of the disposable ones that are on the top right, on the lower left there, they sell these as well, little floss holders where you put the string floss on it every day and you keep that reusable handle. Um, barriers, you have to buy them. Some are reusable, some are not, can cause waste. And also another barrier is you have to actually use them. Just buying these floss picks are not gonna make you actually floss, but it will make learning to floss, especially someone who's brushing for themselves and learning to floss for the first time much easier. I'm going to talk about a couple interventions for brushing other people's teeth. So individuals who might have more impairments and need teeth brushed by somebody else, even as they go into adolescence and adulthood, and some interventions that we have for that. We're going to use sometimes a little mouth rest or a mouth prop like this. Um, it will help an individual to keep their mouth open for a little bit longer. Um, they can open, they'll place this mouth rest. It encourages us to stay open um, so that we can do adequate brushing. Uh, these can be bought online and can be very helpful. They are sell these three-sided toothbrushes. And I would say my hierarchy of toothbrushing is electric toothbrush, three-sided toothbrush, manual toothbrush. Research does show that individuals having their teeth brushed by somebody else, a caregiver, that this three-sided toothbrush can be more efficacious um, because it brushes all three sides of the teeth at the same time. I want to also talk about positioning. Um, when you're positioning someone else to brush their teeth, um, I just want to make sure that you have them in a position that has some sort of neck support. The greatest challenge you're going to find in trying to brush someone else's teeth who doesn't have the ability to cooperate is they're going to move their head. And so if you try to just stand face to face to somebody and you're trying to brush their teeth and it's a challenge, putting our head back like this becomes sort of a wrestling match. So we want to stand or lay down or be in our wheelchair anywhere where there's back of head support. I'm going to talk quickly about prescription toothpaste. I think that this is hugely underutilized. A dentist can prescribe this. You can ask your dentist to prescribe this, or you can ask another um, healthcare provider, a physician can prescribe this. It is a toothpaste that has higher amounts of fluoride. Fluoride is great for our teeth and it has the ability to reverse early cavities. So if you see here, cavities start first in the enamel, just on the outside of the tooth. And when these cavities start early, if we use fluoride toothpaste, we actually can reverse the cavity that started. Fluoride also helps to make our teeth stronger, so it's less likely for them to get cavities. So when we have challenges with oral hygiene, having a stronger fluoride toothpaste can be really helpful. This fluoride toothpaste is good for patients over age seven. We also need to be able to spit 
because it has higher fluoride in it, we don't want to be consuming a lot of this toothpaste. It also works mostly topically and not system systemically. So I always talk to patients and say, imagine it's more like a sunscreen for your tooth. It's not like a medicine that you take. So we're going to brush our teeth two times a day with this toothpaste the same that we would any other toothpaste. And we're gonna spit, but we're not gonna rinse after using this prescription toothpaste because we actually want it to sit on the outsides of the teeth and help to make the enamel stronger. Last thing I wanna talk about um, here is silver diamine fluoride. Probably not something that you may have heard about. It has come around in the last several years in dentistry. Really great for individuals who cannot tolerate routine dental care that is numbing and drilling and doing work on teeth. This is a liquid medication. It's silver and it's fluoride. It has an antimicrobial and a remineralization properties. You can isolate a tooth. You put a little piece of cotton next to a tooth. You take the little drop of this liquid and you scrub it on the tooth for 30 seconds. It will kill the germs that are causing the cavity. It will make the cavity harder so that it doesn't get any bigger. Um, and it's known to arrest or stop the progression of about two thirds of cavities. I use this a lot for my patients with developmental disabilities who are waiting to be seen in the hospital so we can stop the progression of dental disease. Using SDF is really amazing. I will say the only downside of this is that the silver does incorporate into the tooth, making the tooth stronger, but uh, it will turn the tooth black. So something just to know about this medication for dental caries. Last slide here, coming this year, silver diamine fluoride right now only has a, a dental code, a CDT code. But this summer, there's going to be a CPT code, a medical code for silver diamine fluoride uh, that's supported by the AMA. Similar to how we eventually taught uh, physicians to apply fluoride varnish, I think there will come a time for patients who are really unable to access dental care. Physicians are going to have this silver diamine fluoride in their toolbox as something that they will be able to use to help their patients to stop their cavities. Lots of TBD on this though, scope of practice, training, reimbursement, but I just wanted to share with the audience today that this is something that is coming. That is the end of my presentation here. I have a little summary. Cavities are preventable. Oral hygiene is challenging, but with different flexible interventions and trying effort and starting a routine, we can prevent cavities to hopefully prevent these individuals from needing sedation or anesthesia for teeth to be fixed or removed. Uh, prevention is key for us. Thank you very much, Dr. Calvo. I feel that your recommendations are applicable to actually everyone. Um, so this is true. I was going to say all these things occur are the same for anybody, no matter what their, you know, developmental disability or neurotypical or normal, you know, hygiene is good for everybody. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.com.